In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Psalm 23 is one of the most well-known and well-loved passages in all of Holy Scripture. And like so many well-known Bible verses, its rich meaning is easily concealed by our own familiarity with it. Its power can hide from us in plain sight. For instance, this valley of the shadow of death This is not some poetic scene from a mystical far-off land. The valley of the shadow of death is actually a frank description of the world that we live in. Death is a looming reality of life. We live every day in the shadow of death. It is ever-present to our senses. We hear of death in the news. More and more, Lord have mercy. We see it on television and in movies that we watch. We experience it in our own lives when we grieve those who have died like we do here today. Our life on earth is a journey through the valley of the shadow of death. And yet we have a tendency to want to ignore this reality of death and its looming shadow. Sure, we know it's out there somewhere, but our mortality is not something that we choose to consider often. If anything, we tend to do our best to distract ourselves from it. Shannon did not have that choice, did she? For ten years, Shannon lived face to face with her own mortality. She walked courageously through the valley of the shadow of death with her eyes wide open to her surroundings. She lived the psalmist's words. She feared no evil on her journey. She knew that the Good Shepherd was with her, guiding her through this valley. Shannon Kish's story, her life, is truly one for the ages. I arrived at St. Michael's shortly after Shannon had been diagnosed. Now, when I first met her, she was just the mom of the two little dudes who I would never, ever tell apart. That was her identity. And I remember thinking, here is a woman whose last name is Kish, and she has three sons whose names all begin with a K sound. And two of them look like the exact same dude. And I remember thinking, this woman must like a good challenge. And then I soon learned of her grave health situation. I also, as I got to know her, learned of Shannon's, one of her more endearing personality traits, at least to my mind, what I call her signature nonchalance. So when she first shared with me the news of her diagnosis, I remember thinking, I I must have heard something wrong. I'm sorry, what did you just say? Because, of course, no one sharing news of such gravity would be so nonchalant about it. But that was Shannon. And over the years, as she battled tenaciously against this disease, I began to realize that 
just underneath this woman's wry sense of humor and her sort of casual nonchalance was an absolutely iron will, an extraordinary, extraordinary inner strength, resolve, courage, and determination. She was given two months to live back in 2004. Kenny was 10 years old. Kevin was eight. And Connor was, how old were you, Connor? <laughs> the double dudes were eight. And for the next 10 years, Shannon faced death head on. And she totally defied all the odds. She fought with everything that she had. She willed herself to live so that she could raise her family. Shannon showed all of us the death-defying power of love. Kenny is now 20 and in college. Kevin and Connor are 18 with graduation just around the corner. One of Shannon's goals was to see her twins through to college to know where they would go to school. And thanks to a very compassionate admissions officer, Kevin and Connor got an early acceptance call so that Shannon was able to realize this one of her final goals. When she was lying in bed so sick and weak in her final days, I told her how inspiring she was to me, her courage and her strength, and she made some dry comment like, Huh, I don't feel that strong. She didn't see herself, I don't think as courageous or strong or inspiring, but that's all the more reason that she was those things to each one of us. Shannon and I talked openly about heaven, and it was such a gift and a blessing to be able to sit there with her and wonder out loud what it would all be like. And we talked about this occasion here. She didn't want her memorial service, her funeral, to be boring, she said. The same old thing. I think that we have honored her wish on this account. She also said she didn't want a whole bunch of flowers. I think we did a pretty good job with that, too. When I asked her, what's the deal with flowers? They're beautiful. Everybody loves flowers. She said, because what is Joe going to do with all the flowers? <laughs> He's going to have to clean them up, put them in the car. Then what? Take them home? Then what? See, Joe, she's still looking out for you. But one of the first things that we talked about when we discussed this occasion was a question she asked me. She said, how do I put thank you for everyone's help? I told her not to worry about that. I would take care of it. And so it's a privilege for me to offer Shannon's heartfelt gratitude to all of you, her family and friends, for your abundance of prayers, support, and love these many difficult years. And for Shannon's sake, I would invite your continued prayers and support and love for this family who has endured so much. It was almost exactly a year ago that so many of us gathered together in the same church to mourn the loss of Shannon's father. Not surprisingly, there's been much talk of deja vu in the Moylan and Kish households these past few weeks. The feeling of loss is multiplied 
exponentially. It is tremendous in the lives of this family. In a year's time, Suzanne has lost a husband and a daughter. Kelly has lost a father and a sister. Joe has lost a father-in-law and his bride. And Kevin, Connor, and Kenny have lost a grandpa and a mom. That's a lot to lose in such a short time. So to you all, family, we want you to know that we love you and we stand with you in this new season of grief and healing that lies ahead. Shannon, in this very hour, is at rest in the arms of the Good Shepherd. She is in the presence of her Heavenly Father and her earthly father and all those saints who have gone before. One of the last things that Shannon said to me anyway was, when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to do is take like a 30-minute drink of water. And it occurred to me that like our Lord on the cross, Shannon, in her final hours, her body was crying out for thirst. And we know that today, even as we carry on our journey through this valley of the shadow of death, Shannon has completed hers. The Lord has laid her down in green pastures and led her beside still waters. She is drinking deeply from the fountain of everlasting life, the living waters of God the Holy Spirit. I know that I can speak for all of us when I say that we are relieved that Shannon is no longer suffering, but we are also filled with great sorrow because she is no longer with us. The good news for us today is that her death and death itself is not how this story ends. The Christian hope is firmly rooted in the belief that our Lord rose victorious from the grave. The resurrection is the heart of the Christian faith. St. Paul says plainly, if our Lord was not raised, our faith is in vain. It has no meaning. The resurrection is the heart of why Christians gather and have hope. The joy of our Lord's resurrection is that the power of this great enemy, death, has been defeated once and for all. What Jesus did, he did for us. He did for the whole of God's creation. And in him, death no longer has any power or dominion over us. And that's the thing about the valley of the shadow of death. We genuinely have nothing to fear because God is with us. He has come among us in the person of his Son, our Lord, the Good Shepherd. When Jesus says in today's gospel, I am the way and the truth and the life, it is not a statement of arrogance or exclusivity as it sometimes is misunderstood to be. It is merely a matter-of-fact description of the pathway that he has forged for us. By his resurrection, he has led us through the jaws of eternal death to the freedom of eternal life in perfect union with the living God. When Jesus says, follow me, he is not saying it like a blogger looking for likes on social media. He is saying it like a rescue worker who has descended into the valley of the shadow of death to lead us safely through it. Follow me, he says. 
This way, out of the valley and into the light of day, into the light of life, Jesus is truly the only one who can give meaning and purpose and hope and salvation to us as we journey through this valley. Shannon not only believed this, she lived it. She picked up her cross and followed Jesus through the valley of the shadow of death. My prayer for us this day is that God would fill us with the same measure of courage and strength that he blessed his beloved daughter Shannon with. May we follow her example and walk through the valley of the shadow of death with our eyes wide open, fearing no evil, knowing that God is with us. Her soul is at rest in the arms of the risen Christ, and her body will rise again. Because Christ was raised from the dead, Shannon too will be raised at the last day, her body restored, free from pain and suffering for all eternity. Today is a hard day, but may our sadness be tempered with the Christian hope and joy that because our Lord was raised from the dead, one day in Christ we too shall be raised with Shannon unto everlasting life. Today then is not goodbye, today is farewell, rest in peace. And until we meet Shannon again in glory, we pray for her. May the Lord bless her and keep her. May the Lord make his face to shine upon her and be gracious unto her. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon her and grant her the fullness of his peace. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.